Hello folks and welcome to What's The Scene. This is the show about shows, or more accurately, a podcast about movies. I'm Adam Jacobs and join me and Jonathan Hewitt as we look through the lens at some landmark films, and by lens I mean the bottom of a red wine glass. You can play along, see if you can guess What's The Scene. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of What's the Scene? What is the Scene? This is what is the scene? Where is it? It's behind the Shays Lounge shows. again. Is it shows about podcasts? Is it the, the, the show about a show? Is it a podcast about a podcast? No, it's not that. It's or two old guys maundering over the, some of the great movies. This is another are, one. We are mourning. No, maundering. We are meandering across, meandering the, across the, the scope of cinema, of, of all cinema, from ever since the Lumiere brothers, um, you know, were uh, playing fullback for the Israelites. We have been looking at films and, and those of you who don't get that reference. I, I didn't know they played for the Israelites. I know, uh, no, and I backed that team. Well, actually, no, Jesus played fullback for the Israelites. Oh, um, no, no. The Lumiere brothers, they, 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 were, they defected to South Wales and played um, – and played uh, <laughs> oh, oh, front think... front men for the for the defense, but anyway, that's soccer. It's a different sport. The thing is with the Lumiere brothers that they invented cinema, and we're here talking about movies, folks. And we've got a movie here for you tonight, mm. which is a strange mix mixture of like a B kind of movie with an A stellar actor right in the center of it, mm. and it's a it's a also a bit of a time capsule in a way because it came out in the early eighties. And tells the story of Hollywood too as it goes through a transition. Well, Very well, bizarre it's, it's, film. It's, it's, I've, got to, I've got to hold you right there. I've got to slam yeah. on your brakes. Yeah. Uh, it's not about uh, film. It's about television. And it's a Metro yes. Goldwyn Mayer movie. It's probably the last mm. of the big, you know, moments, uh, you know, in their um, in the film history, which was great and long. And uh, lusty, and uh, it has mm. um, a, a magnificent actor in it who played for Metro uh, Goldwyn Mayer and all the others. And what they're doing is it's a bit of a take on on what it was to be in television, let's say in the nineteen fifty late fifties, yep. sorry, middle fifties. It was right in the middle. Yes. Mm. Yeah, and back when back when television was was just was this, king. Was was this raw piece of sandpaper that used to get you know rubbed all over your Absolutely, eyeballs, and know. it was live. And it was live, and if like it didn't work, yeah, it didn't yeah. work. And if it wasn't funny, it didn't work. There was no delay. There was no edit space. There was no pause. There's no oh, sensor it was button. Tightrope tight stuff. Oh, I think if beautiful. anyone of a certain age, and uh, we're not it, of course, but if we can remember <laughs> back, if I go to the microfish, all these shows had to be put on air at the same time, and it was spilling out into people's living rooms. On the go, mm. so it was like um, mm. radio went into television, and Metro Golden Mayor has um, has kindly donated some of their best actors to actually show us what it was like yeah. to be in television That's... in that precarious time. Exactly, well said. Now, the scene we're looking at. Uh, firstly, there's some swashbuckling, there's some rope swinging, there's a a um, chauffeur who th- throws away his keys. There's a uh, a broken bottle of whiskey. Of course, there has to be a broken bottle of whiskey. How of can course. I not? In, it, in every movie, there should be. It's dimple, actually. Mm. And I can't. Well, yes, and I can't. 
put a list together like that and not include a broken bottle of whiskey. Mm. And then there's a young Jewish man who's pleading his case for uh, for uh, well, the, the greatness for the of, hero of, of the greatness of heroes long past. Yeah, this so this is a television um, uh, um, uh, backtrack to what great movie uh, men there were, and I think a lot of people in movies made it into television. Not all. And no. it was a thing that television was in those days was one of those things where it was about writing and it was about getting it funny and making it work on the spot. It is a and, comedy. We yes, do have to make that clear. And, and absolutely. And it's a, a comedy on all kinds of levels because all the people in it are actually writers and producers and directors. Uh, it is uncanny. If you look at the, uh, the bill affair of the people in this, they are really up there. Uh, it, mm. it, it was, um, you know, directed by uh, actors and actors um, are directing writers and uh, <laughs> and they're, they're across other people who are musicians and, oh, it's just, it goes all which ways. And it's about fame and it's about uh, entertainment and it's about uh, managing entertainers. And identity. And identity. I, mm. I, I guess so. Everyone uh, who goes into Hollywood, I guess, or into television, which would have been East Coast at, at this stage. I'm thinking this is an East Coast. It may be West, but I think it was East Coast at this time. Mm, yeah. Um, are actually doing things. You had the Honeymooners and you had all of these shows that were coming out it has on, to be the, on the spot. It has to be this because they, they, he goes for a memorable dinner, doesn't he, our lead hero, mm. in, into the Bronx, which we don't want to give too much away. All right. What else happens in this last uh, sequence, really? It's a, this very large sequence at the very end of the film is the scene that we're looking at today, and it begins with having to turn our hero around so he can be the hero that he's somehow forgotten mm. to be. And, and we actually have two heroes. We have a we hero have, who's minding the hero. Yes, it is. It is, and it's in that way this film is... I think has uh, caused a number of spin-offs to happen. I I don't know if this was this particular film was the first time we saw this concept. Um, possibly it isn't. Maybe there's a Shakespearean play about it. Maybe Macbeth can be interpreted as a. Maybe it was more like Mac, you know Macduff is get ye Macbeth to the castle to a nunnery. No, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what the whole thing is. Maybe that's it was right. Shakespeare. Shakespeare's scratching his head, saying, "What the hell was I thinking? <laughs> I got to get, I got to get Macbeth to the to the show on time." As yes, they say. get me to or, the show or the sh church. Mm. So <laughs> but but anyway. it's really about that. It's about someone getting uh, another actor uh, who is uh, a god in uh, in old fashioned filmdom yeah, onto big, a television big star, show, big star. and and nearly makes it. <laughs> he does nearly make it. Unfortunately, he is it's an just... absolute uh, recalcitrant and incipient alcoholic and uh, can't yeah. make it, or in his mind, can't well, make So it. anyone who's seen Get get Him to the Greek, I think that's is about a film that came out a few years ago with um, Brand in it. What's his name? Russell Brand, is it? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a similar sort of concept. So Russell, Russell Brand, the... let me give you this. Russell Brand has missed out on more uh, Academy Awards than the actor in this film has missed <laughs> out on Academy Awards. It's funny you should bring that up. Anyway, <laughs> on, move on. Yes. Oh, look, to be completely honest, there's nothing compares the two lead men. 
Um, I think no, no similarity can be made as far as I'm concerned. And that's no offense to Russell Brand, except to say that that's offensive to Russell Brand. Oh, but a, a magnificent actor. It is a criticism of Russell Brand, I must say. Yeah. I have to I have to say that because, and when it is exposed, when finally we get to the point, any second now that we yes. tell you what the movie is and who the lead character is, you'll understand that, of course, most actors are going to pale in significant and I hate to say it, especially Russell Brand. All right. Okay. So <laughs> the concept, however, is the same sort of premise for the film, the one that we're talking about. And yes, there is swashbuckling. There is, um, there is, uh, uh, the, the three brothers with the swords. What, what, what's that one called? Uh, uh, the, the three musketeers. With the, the three musketeers reference. There's a gangster, there's a gangster, um, punch up scene. And then there's a curtain call to end all curtain calls performed by one of the greatest actors of all time, who is Peter O'Toole. Peter O'Toole. Now in... that, that gets us closer in my favorite year. Yeah, my favorite year. Now, Which is, but... And is one of my favorite comedies. Now, why? Don't ask. But we will, <laughs> we, we will demonstrate uh, that it's worthwhile um, seeing in the in the following three hours. <laughs> we will. No, we're not going to. Well, maybe. I don't know. How, how long was it? It took us eight minutes or something like that to get to the name of the film and to declare that we are looking at the very we, end uh, scene. And we're on the stopwatch. So, yes, <laughs> it is that. Um, so we've done well. We've done well. We have. Now, this film is really strange because it's not really strange how in, unless you sort of take it a little bit in context in terms of where Hollywood was at at the time and the fact that we've kind of got what is a uh, – well, it's not formulaic. That's not the right word. I suppose it's stylistically very familiar when you watch, especially at the time. It would have been more of a uh, film that celebrated a type of movie making that wasn't really dead yet, yeah. but was and, and, kind of getting in going in that yeah. direction. Let's let's give the year nineteen eighty two. Nineteen eighty two. This came this, out. This it film feels up, like it this have is come up out. against Reds and and ET. Um, mm. This is um you know when one you know the the filmmaking and the swashbuckling and all the you know, the hoo ha and the uh, and the swords and all that sort of stuff is well gone, and new film has come in. And yeah. I think it, it, it's really a celebration, I think, of some of the of the old movie making that everyone sees in this movie. And I think, yeah, what happened to that? Yeah, I think at the time, 1982, is such a strange time for this film to come out because really, mm. uh, like, I was a kid then and I'm really into films and enjoying all the all the big blockbuster stuff that was coming out. Of course, you know, like any kid, and you kind of go. I, I think about films then and then I sort of look at what, where we're at now and there's not a huge leap. It's not a great leap from mm. E.T. to, I don't know, to the last the last version of, mm. of Alien, say, Prometheus or whatever it was. Or mm. You know, like we're, 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 we're kind of dealing with technology and visual effects that uh, are, are not hugely different. I don't, I don't believe anyway. Whereas with this film for it to come out in that space in that time when there's all this sort of new technology emerging within the, the telling of the story and also in just in the the making of the of the film in a, a technical sense it seems quite quite strange it's almost like there was a 
it's almost like it's a statement piece against where film was kind of going. And, well, and- but it comes down to the fact that it's built around a television show and the television is killing film. So let's say yeah. that it's made in 1982 mm. and it's uh, we're going back into the mid-50s. It does. Where, that, where yeah. television is killing movies and all the great swashbuckling, Barbara Stanwyck, uh, you know, Errol Flynn, uh, characters, they're then, they're not any anymore. Errol Flynn is in you know, a sweating it out in um, you know uh, in dungarees or whatever, and it's not his uh, his style. Um, and we do have an Errol Flynn character in this. So Peter O'Toole is very much. Oh, I think he's and, literally and supposed to be. Really, he, he's he? meant to be an Errol Flynn character, and yeah. we, we're introduced uh, to that uh, at, at at the uh, early that he is uh, washed up. And the, the idea mm. that film is washed up. And I think it's a, an interesting thing in 1982 for this to be made. It's like a little time capsule within a little time capsule. This film is all about boxes and boxes and boxes. Um, and I think it's fascinating because they uh, uh, you, you're actually having a spoof of uh, television within the spoof of the end of film. Yes, a certain type film of film. greatness. When yeah. films were taking themselves off, you know, like Baby Jane was out, whatever happened to Baby Jane. All these, uh, you know, old Hollywood actors were starting to make, um, you know, um, uh, you know, dare I say piss takes of what they were doing in, um, in the 1940s mm. and, and 50s. Mm. And television's taking over. And you actually you have a hero in this, and dare I say. Buster, the, Buster uh, Keaton was uh, in movies and talking. Yes, yes, the... <laughs> yes, yes. That that um, that you have a you know an Errol Flynn character who is who is actually kind of um, not really aware of what he's doing. He's you know, he's made all his money. Let's say Peter O'Toole. No, well, that's it. He's lost it. To, he lost it all again. Then though, mm. that, that's that's what he throughout the whole thing. He's chasing these opportunities because he's blown all his cash and he uh, and basically he's been told by. The, and you had in, walk-ons, didn't you? Yeah, Inland Revenue to to <laughs> do this film. You had to do this television show to pay them back. Oh, I forgot about that. Well, yeah. Yeah, well remembered. Yes. Yeah. So um, it, so he's a real, he's a proper drunk. He's a yes. proper down and outer. Hmm. Hmm. He's a recalcitrant, um, not incipient. He's um, a, a fulgurous <laughs> drunk. <laughs> Yeah. And, he, and he actually has to um, get onto the show. Now, the whole show is about preparing him for this particular show. And I think we should get onto the scene. The show about where, show. Where Benji, yes, with the show within the show, which is what we do. It's a show about a show within the show within the show. I told you, boxes within boxes. And Benji um, um, confronts um, our, our man who says, I can't do this. Uh, and we're talking stage. about we're talking about Mark Lynn Baker, the actor. Yes, as Benji. Yes, as Benji. And they all they all moved on, did television things, of course. Uh, they did uh, Perfect Strangers. He went in to do Perfect Strangers oh, for, right. yeah. for seven years. It was a very mm. well, fairly successful, very successful, really, sitcom. So it's an odd covers. It's funny because it's a it's an odd odd couples rip off. And he's in this film, which sort of ends up becoming something that is ripped off, you know, later on, um, even up to, you know, recent times, as I mentioned before. So he's um, he's a great, uh, Mark Lindbaker's a fantastic, I think a really good comedic act- actor. 
you know, and he, I think he's meant to be playing something between Mel Brooks and Woody Allen. Yes, if definitely. we if we put it into the context of the mid fifties, mm. this little in Jiminy Cricket, as he's called at one stage, who was there as a conscience, <laughs> conscience for everyone, has got to get our man onto the stage, and um, he, of course, he adores and uh, reveres um, this Errol Flynn character. I don't know why we should call it Errol Flynn, Peter O'Toole character, because Peter O'Toole did a lot of those uh, swashbuckling things. That's where they got the footage from. This is why Metro Goldwyn could do it, because they could say, here's his old footage, let's put it on, and we'll amalgamate it into this movie just to show that the man was good in tights. Yes, and and but then also to use it in a way that sort of belittles or it places, places the Peter O'Toole character ultimately in an awkward position where he kind of has to acknowledge his his time is passing and they use these films <laughs> as the reference point for but, it. But the thing about Peter O'Toole is he, he strolls through this movie doing exemplary things of, of acting because, of mm. course, he's a great Shakespearean actor. And, of course, we've done one of his movies uh, um, and, and all of his Lawrence of Arabia and all the films he never got uh, a dinner for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they didn't for this. He was put up for several uh, oh, he was. best actors, lost him every time. It's a bit like the Americans, they don't really go for Peter O'Toole. I don't know why it is. It's probably because he's too sophisticated a drunk or he does it too easily. I don't know why. I'm not talking about this, you know, his his think, career Lawrence, generally. Lawrence of Arabia must have been in competition with something else that year or something. Because I mean, what well, a... he was introduced in that film. Yeah, and, um, right. And, and as much as um, the film actually was, it took about eight years, I think, or more to actually film and to get on. So he actually visually ages in Lawrence of Arabia. I think we've discussed this in, in previous yeah, uh, shows, yeah, yeah. is that it wasn't something that they could actually get their heads around. Yeah. We're yeah, talking about true. the Oscar, Oscar, you know, uh, commissioners. Mm. Mm. Um, but the, uh, the, at the the stage at the end, he has to go on stage. Oh, he does, and, and he's walking and he's he walking down the street to this television show. And he's yeah. walking down the street, and he says, um, "He's given the information. This is live." And he goes, <laughs> "Live, live." This is, yeah, what's well, live? It's going no, out there. You, you're going out there the mark, to the three three million. Oh, how many? 20, Fifteen million for 20, twenty million people. There's the Mark Lynn Baker character. They're walking. They're walking to the stage. They're walking to the sound stage, yeah, ready, to, dressed, ready to ready to dress up the... as um, Portal, I think, <laughs> or, or Aramis or something in the, the Three Musketeers. That's yeah. what he thinks he's getting into. I think it's hilarious, uh, and he's all dressed up as uh, in one of his, uh, you know, Errol Flynn period. characters. Yeah, and he says, "Well, no, it's just live." And he goes, "Live." No, I love the way I love why it's introduced because Lynn Mark Lynn Baker says, "Oh, you know, it's um nothing like live TV," and uh, no, actually. No, the um, Alan Swan says that's the name of the character, isn't it? That um, mm. he plays. This, he says, he says, uh, you know what? I think from this scene, we'll get it in one take. <laughs> yes, we'll have to be <laughs> and because then, it's live. And, the moment, and, 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 and he Jimmy... falls. And, and the thing is, you've got to look at this film for Peter O'Toole because his heart falls. And there's no oh, one does. that could actually do it yeah. on, on, you know, on film or on stage or whatever. 
so beautifully goes live and he says yes we're doing it in one take you know it's got to be out it's going out to 20 million people and he stops <laughs> he stops and, dead and he oh, says it's great i'm I, i'm not an actor <laughs> I, I, i'm a film actor <laughs> no i'm a movie star i'm a movie star that's what it is <laughs> it's a classic and, and whole, i've actually heard world, that saying all, before i know but it falls apart his whole world falls apart it, he implodes on scene if ever you want to see this uh, film that is uh, when Peter O'Toole does it best because he's going along at full speed saying, I think we'll do this well. And he says, no, I've got to do this in front of 20 million people. And he just goes completely. Yeah. It's funny. He starts pulling off his wig and his costume and, and he starts, you know, you know, flailing about and he's got the sword out and he's kind of just stabbing right. at things. And he marches and... downstairs to his, yeah. to his car. Yeah. Says, what are you doing? I'm drinking and leaving. He says, yeah, that's right. I'm he walks to the leaving. car. And he and he's as he's as he's sort of flailing around, he says, you know, he screams out at everyone, I'm not an actor. I'm a movie star. Oh, yes. And he just storms off. And he and this is just basically as he sort of leaves the building is where the scene we were going to mm. specifically we'll, we'll look call at. This is the start of the scene because was where it would it's start very good yeah. because it's all about the adoration that our our hero, um, who is um, Jim. You know, Mark Lynn or Benji, yeah. he, he says, um, you know, where Benji, are you going? Right. I, I, I'm going, I can't do this. He says, I can't do this. I'm not, uh, I'm not your man. And he's going off and he's going to run off again. And the whole film is about um, Peter O'Toole as his, you know, as Alan, Alan Swan failing his commitments, failing his mm. wife and his kid and his career, and he just would rather go back to his bottle of, of dimple, and he smashes it and on the ground. He says, well, that's a sad thing. And that's Benji, the saddest ben, thing. And Benji said, no, you're the sad thing. Yeah, that's he does too, yeah. Because I need, I don't need um, Dunphy, or whatever his name is, is, is uh, we'll, we'll get to that. I don't need you. I need Alan Swan. I need mm. my hero. I don't need you. Uh, and then he, Alan Swan gets into the car and his erstwhile uh, driver, Mr. Bombacelli, throws, <laughs> throws the keys at him. And walks off, yeah. It's a, walks it's off. A and I think this, this is the moment uh, that, um, that Alan Swan has to deal with his failure mm. and his, his, um, his permanent sense of insecurity. Um, and then he goes back and walks back into the, the television show where all mayhem is breaking out. Yeah. And of course, and of course in, in this film, we, we've sadly, folks, we've, we've missed out that there is a, a punch-up going on on stage because the Teamsters are fighting with the television studio. <laughs> <laughs> and on stage, there is this huge bust-up oh. uh, where uh, our um, the television uh, people are being physically beaten up on stage. Now, we and remember we remember not it, so long ago, we remember Trump getting getting impersonated on every single chat show and SNL and all these, you know, copycats all having a go at impersonating Trump and making the, the fool that he was presenting himself to be um, even larger in, than, than it was in life. And uh, 
and then he would get on to Fox News or something the next day and just complain about how, you know, there were these no talent hacks who were, you know, fake musing it all the way through to right down to their um their G G O P underpants and um, you know, <laughs> too much too much um spray on tan. But anyway, you know, orange is orange. It's orange is a new orange. I think that's Donald Trump should take a take some um, comfort out of that. It, it, anyway, it's always the, it's the best orange. So this is a similar sort of thing where for this SNL type show, which was a skit show essentially that Alan Swan character has been invited onto, they've they've been had this running gag where they're making fun of this Labor guy slash head of a mobster family. Basically saying, you know, you are, you know, just to, just just making fun of him because of his his outlandish sort of ways, and and I guess just the fact that he's he's got his finger in all these pies, and the and the and it's clear clearly he's the the flag bearer of corruption in the whole city. So they make fun of this gangster dude, and this gangster dude, very much like Donald Trump, turns up at the office and says, you know, I don't like you making fun of me anymore. I want you to stop. Well, it's actually Jimmy Hoffa. It is Jimmy. Can, Hoffa, can we yeah. say that? But let, yeah. let's say that it is, and the and the Teamsters are uh, against the show because the show is making a fool of him, and the, the skits that they're going to crash into is uh, is Jimmy Hoffa's, uh, you know, Denuma, whatever, and uh, everyone's fighting at the background. Yeah, of course, you've got to realize this. This is all slapstick, um, folks. Is that we we don't actually have yeah. a film that is that is uh, another television. Or film in the in the true sense of it, it is really a, it's a, a I'm going to use a word it's a piss take on television and what happens behind the scenes yeah, of, that's of right. television and all the egos that are there. So Jimmy Hoffa and there's a fantastic scene where Jimmy Hoffa has to uh, confront uh, the, the the show's uh, leadership <laughs> and he said and he says and 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 it's beautifully done. There's a mirror image. There were so many scenes in this um, that. That uh, anyway, they uh, at the end of it, uh, they're fighting, and our hero swings down. <laughs> he no. sees it from the from the top lights. He's got all the he's got all the heavies there, all the and, these... and shouts porthole <laughs> and and swings down, um, half drunk, yeah. which is probably his natural state. Yeah. And then they stitch up uh, on on the live television show <laughs> in front of everyone. <laughs> A fight uh, to the end, uh, which everyone thinks is live, and it's that beautiful notion of uh, of uh, reality and illusion. It all comes into this uh, this this beautiful this creation the at the, the end. Audience, the audience have they're all laughing. They're, they're all laughing. That they think it's hilarious, and it's all done. And it's all it's for us. It's real. For mm. them, it's on television. So they <laughs> and yeah, for they, us we. The the the, the um, sound stage audience and the audience at home think this is all part of some rehearsed, you know, sequence that's supposed to be committed. I mean, which, which and it's beautifully done. Richard Benjamin, it does, it's done who well. plays, who actually directed this and who plays Major Danby, he, he faints magnificently in Catch Twenty Two when Orson Welles says, oh, yeah. "Take this man out and shoot him." And he he faints. Major, that's if you if you've seen Catch Twenty Two, he's directing this, and I think he has a beautiful um, uh, sense of stagemanship because at the end scene, everything is zipped up, uh, and they all play their roles. So they are they're, they're all 
in fact, one um, uh, Alan's one comes in as a musketeer and, then, <laughs> and stitches up the scene where everyone's playing mobsters. But it doesn't matter no, because right. at the end of the film, um, he 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 wins and and creates his own. He matches his own hero. Yeah, yeah, the, the persona, the persona yeah. of the person. He could, he could do it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. He's he overcame. He's he's had this movie star shield behind which he could hide for for decades. Obviously, that has enabled him to be have have all the obstacles removed, to have all the time in the world to to perfect his image uh, so that when he does enter the world, he can, he can fall back. He just constantly is constantly just resting on the laurel. That was mm. the swashbuckling hero that is portrayed in the, in the movies. Which, and of course he says, I'm not, uh, an I'm actor. not that guy. I'm a movie star. Yeah, that's right. I'm and yet at the star. end uh, in this beautiful, you uh, know, uh, denouement mm. um, he becomes his own hero he and does ben, yeah. and Benji's watching him and he says there you go you know it was in him all the time he, and, he, and Benji says you couldn't do those scenes, scenes if you weren't a bit of Errol Flynn or Alan Swan mm. you could not play those movies where is that gumption where is mm. that chutzpah and he does it at the end and everyone just gets up and applauds wildly. And that's where the film <laughs> film ends. And the, everything's done live at the end of it. And I and I love that idea of boxes within boxes that, that he's so insecure about himself and his uh his his personality and his relationships and himself. Uh he just sees himself as being a washed up uh, star, and yet he's a hero. Yeah. He's I suppose it's one of those things where they're like the heroes, really, the real heroes, are the everyday people who are, you know, doing we'll, all those. We'll those... let it. We'll let it go and just just go for it. Yeah, that's right. They've got no. Yeah, they've got a, a sort of. Um, well, they they they're honest. <laughs> you know, that's, <laughs> a, that's a funny thing with um with Swan is that throughout most of the film he we betrays himself as being this sort of you know deceiving creature that he 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 himself has trouble living with hmm. because he can have well, he, the ladies he, come to him and he can relate he can rest on his laurels yeah, that he can be yeah. he, he is Errol Flynn let's let's call him Errol Flynn mm. and that he could um, he can walk through life and be uh, lionized and uh, the whole film was about Benji Stone you know taking managing uh, this yeah. man because from the very beginning of the film, I think we should, we could go back as soon as he comes into the television studio. Oh yeah, yeah. It's... They're they're all talking about um, you know what are we going to do, and he comes in and he's absolutely plastered. He's plastered. <laughs> plastered. He comes in and uh, and he immediately uh, faints dead away, and he says, "Well, what are we going to do with him?" And um, and the uh, King Kaiser, who is also um, you know it's it's a bit like your show of shows. He's saying, well, what, what, what we're going to do? We'll dump him. And, of course, our hero, Benji, says, no, you can't dump him because he is a, a hero. He's a great, uh, he's an American hero. You can't do that to him. Mm. And he says, I know what you mean. Dump him. 
as he goes there. So the the whole notion of of uh, of, of of these giant um, you know uh, personalities is uh, now unreliable. It is mm. it is that cost. They can't go into television. But I want to I want to segue into um, the 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 notion of the television writing crew. Yeah. At, at the beginning, the writers' table. You have the writers' table, and oh, you have so all funny. of these Jewish writers, and they're all you know they're Mel Brooks, they're Woody Allen's. Um, mm. oh, who would they be? Um, mm. Outside uh, of that. Those two, yeah, pretty all, much the, all, all the characters in in the in there are, yeah. are meant to be writers who actually have to I love write the, guy. the show before next Saturday yeah, and yeah, get it right. right. I love the guy who never says anything. Obviously, funny, funny dude. Clearly, you have to be to be at the table. But um, whenever he's got a quip or a smart ass thing to say, he whispers it into the into the. <laughs> the secretary's ear and she has to say it so and she does it so beautifully she just says you know all these all these little quips and uh roasts and these uh piss takes that he that he's constantly coming up with she he whispers into the ear and she comes out literally dry with this dry smirk on her face and it's just great it's a really really cool technique <laughs> But they're, they're all, um, you know, takes on writers that wrote for the you know, that show of shows, and uh, it was like uh, if and if you have um, uh, you know Woody Allen types and uh, and uh, they say that 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 film is not far from the truth that <laughs> you, you you did have to get something done and you had to get around the table and make it funny. If it wasn't funny, uh, it was it wasn't going to fly. And I love King Kaiser when he says, um, you know, where's this monologue? This monologue. Where's that smell coming from? It's coming from this monologue. And he, and he, and he says, it's from your, it's this monologue. And he screws it up and he throws yeah. it up in the air and says, pull. <laughs> and the girl blows it out of the sky with an imaginary gun. It's gone. It's over. It's not funny. Yeah. And, and it's all about funny. And if it's not funny and it's all this cutthroat. And this is what I love about uh, the film. It's not about um, Alan Swan necessarily. That this is just the English take into a very Jewish, I guess, world of writers yeah, yeah. who are struggling to survive from week to week to be funny to get that show on for that one hour, so King Kaiser can be funny. And this is what King Kaiser says to um, you know our mobster: "I'm doing this because it's funny yeah. and funny rules." And I love that notion that. I will do anything. I will cut my own throat. It is going to be funny and you're going to pay for it. Uh, and uh, this is where it all comes undone for him, of course, because he's got the mobsters uh, out for him, but he doesn't care. And that's what I love about um, – and there's a Jewish word called chutzpah. Yeah. And chutzpah it runs very richly in, in the veins of this movie because it's about um, television being funny come what may and whatever happens in Australia. And, oh, sorry, sorry, Australia. Um, we're not in Australia, we're in Austria. Yes. Uh, in, uh, but uh, in America, the uh, the Jimmy Hoffers and everyone's ass is up for grabs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, everyone's a target. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's one of those things where um, – You've got you've got your uh, you've got your room. You've, it's it's a it's a hot bed. There's there's pressure on everyone. We've got to come up with the material. We've got to come up with the jokes, and and everyone's really possessive about it. The head writer is fantastic. I love 
a I'm sigh. Not, yeah, sigh. The uh, the Tower the of Jello. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It's Jessica Harper. When he says... does that, when he does that, yeah, Tower of Jello. Yeah, he says, um, uh, there's a couple of really good roasts that he gets, comes his way, are terrific. And the fact that. He says, well, at the end, though, but what I like, love about it is. Uh, I like Joe, at the end where. Joe gets... Bologna with King Kaiser says, I think I was a little hard on Sai. <laughs> Go buy, buy some Buy him a set of side ties. <laughs> And and then and size going down there and he's like, make him white walls. And it's white walls. White walls. Size looking at himself going. Uh, but if, right at the very end, right at the very end, he, he gets into the tiff with these gangsters who have come to literally finish off King Kaiser. They've in a real way. Yeah, in a real way. It's realism and and um and and, uh, and showmanship. The and whole thing is about and, and it, farce, it's, it's, farce. It's all about vaudeville and farce and. Mm. Isn't life like that? I mean, oh, the, the, the more I, the older I get, the more I think that there's, there's only a, you know, a paper wafer thin, uh, you know, the difference between them. That they have um, the 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 idea of that everyone's taking themselves so seriously, but it's about comedy, and this is a, a film about comedy, which is a very serious uh, notion because what you do in comedy is you take um, uh, and and make fun of people in high places mm. and and you've got to do that and any good i guess democracy does that and this is what i like the the idea behind this is that all of hollywood and television is about taking the piss out of um the, the seriousness of life and and you get this beautifully done in that last scene mm. where people are there you know with murderous intents and they're made fools of with perfect timing, Richard Ber Benjamin has uh, perfect vaudevillian timing. It is it is a very I don't know. Um, I want to say it's um, it, it goes back. It harks back to um, Metro Golden Mayor's beautiful you know farces and vaudeville uh, mm -hmm. shows. You couldn't do it without that experience in the studio and the timing of everything. Yeah, that's right. You couldn't, and it does in that way. It does have a. It has a sort of nostalgic kind of feel to it. In, of course, in, it has. It has yeah, to. Yeah, in in a beautiful, but it's great though. It's really cool. You know, I like the way that they that they do it. I like. I was going to say about size that he gets tangled. He gets in tangled up with these thugs, and they end up landing one on his jaw on his jaw, and he <laughs> and he goes down in this um, prop chair at backstage. <laughs> Uh, it's like a throne chair, and he exactly, just, so and he's knocked. Up, he's knocked out, yeah, and only up, at the end the, does I, it through the whole <laughs> sequence. At the end, when everyone's bashing each other up, and they're totally destroying the set, everything's and it all comes totally good. Destroyed. And he smiles. <laughs> he smiles. He's still knocked out. They he flash can... it back. They flash <laughs> it back. What, what, my favorite notion of this is is a man who doesn't. Um, who doesn't uh, talk? Uh, who is? I can't try. Yeah, think that's of right. It. He's in the. They're in the control booth. And the control room says, "Oh my god, I'm so happy." <laughs> and they, and they're all looking at him while they're mixing, and they go and they look at him, and everyone goes quiet. You know, and what? it goes two, go camera one, camera three, and they're all making it up as they go along. So it's all improvised, and this is the lovely thing about television, is mm. that in this thing it, it all goes completely off. off with air, these, with these, little and they quirks, make it work. These little qu comedy quirks that are kind of like stage things and like they would last would do, the whole movie they would and they go they go all the way well it gets a little bit out of control at the end but perfectly perfectly in sequence with you know the the whole sentiment of the thing it's actually really interesting because 
the Peter O'Toole, Peter O'Toole at the end, he has to kind of rein all the madness in with his very gracious and very mm. appreciative uh, acceptance of all the applause he's getting. Oh, and he, when but, he waves his uh, yeah, sword around as if, were, as if it were um, Macbeth. Yes, end. he's very, very very gracious and and very appreciative and it's it's yes, a lovely it's a lovely around. moment to, to bring, in to, fact his class mm. that that notion of his, his class runs through the whole movie yes it that, does that it it picks up all the uh the uh well we we can't should we i don't know if we can talk about the uh the trip to uh the bronx where he meets the jewish family oh, yeah. but he does everything with absolute english and uh style he does, and he's and winning, and he's enjoying being like that, you know, for people who are kind of uh, expecting it, you know. He's and he's and he's not he's not snooty about it. He doesn't feel like he's, it's beneath him to do something. He mm. he simply is him in whatever setting it is, whether he is looking at the broken, you know, wino bottle in the gutter that she's just smashed, you know, which is literally one step away from being that that bum type character no offense to anyone but you know that's that's the caricature that we're sort of you know even in those moments he still has this quippy kind of you know light touch with it that is very english without it necessarily being you know snobbish or classist or whatever you want to call it and, and, and this is what uh, sorry yes I'm, I'm, i don't want to cut across you yes Yes, no, that's it. That's it. No, but but the um, the the beautiful thing about uh, Peter O'Toole is he wanders through this movie, and uh, he says, "Well, all I need to do, I, I guess, is to be the perfectly sensible gentleman that I am." And if you look at uh, Peter O'Toole uh, in in any of his uh, interviews, um, he is a great, well, a magnificent wastrel. And he's just doing it in this movie. He's he he, he wanders it, not to say, folks, that he's not acting, but what he's doing is he's that he's absolutely comfortable in his skin, being magnificent. Mm. Yeah, that's right. It is. Yeah. Whereas everyone else is scuffling around him, and and they're they're trying to get the show out, and he wanders through as a as, as a half, you know, tanked or fully tanked um, uh, actor, but yet he has his absolute uh, charm. Uh, and mm, sense of absolute self and you want to be him mm. when i see him in this movie i think what a, a great man uh flawed though he is what, a, what how a magnificent he is in himself and then you've got to go back and say that peter atul was like that anyway so he's almost playing himself and this is probably is. why he didn't get the gong for shows because Americans probably didn't believe it. They didn't believe Lawrence Arabia that someone could be so self-possessed. Mm. Is it is it acting or is it not? And it brings me to another thing. I don't want to make this into a three-hour extravaganza, but it, the whole notion is about identity because his name is Duffy. Yeah. And um, Stoneberger, Benji Stoneberger, and they have this conversation about, well, what is it, is it about identity? Um, and he said, "Well, changing your name doesn't mean much, but uh, are you are you uh, actually um, who you are, Alan Swan, or you, are you Alan Swan or or Duffy?" And he said, oh, "I I am Alan Swan because I've created that image, and that's very much what America is all about. Again, you change your name, um, you become a star, you live in that skin." 
And character. And you are that important. Character you choose yes. for life. Yes. And and um, and uh, he is very uh, wonderfully comfortable in that mm. um, in that in his uh, his own skin. Uh, and he will take himself off, and that's the beauty of of uh, uh, Peter O'Toole. Is that he, he, <laughs> is, he is playing himself, uh, you know, and 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 discussing the notions of um, you know what it is to be famous. And it is good, it's it's interesting to watch the watch the, watch this film and then watch his acceptance speech because Peter O'Toole did win an Oscar. Finally, end, yes, an honorary, honorary oh Lord. Oscar for basically saying for for your body of work. And sorry, we didn't call call you up earlier because clearly you deserve it. Um, here's an Oscar anyway, sort of thing. Mm. And even the, the way he accepts that award is worth going to YouTube and and having a look at because very it's much very so. much. Um, I think very very uh, would be a fairly accurate. Um, portrait of the real um, Peter O'Toole, I should Peter expect. O'Toole in this film, and yeah. it, and you would say that he is, um, as the English would say, in a, the broadest sense, a gentleman. Mm, he is. Well, one thing I was going to say just before, when we got into all that, which is really at the core of the film, this idea of identity—it's the idea of you know of of, sh- of being ashamed of yourself and what it really means for other in terms of what other people tell you about who you are. And mm. it's, it does get quite involved, even though it's very, well, Benji, very Benji's Benji's a complete, uh, you know, rejection of his Jewish yeah, background. Right. And there's a scene that is just precious. He brings out Alan Stone back to his, um, you know, his, his family to have dinner. Uh, and it is hilarious. And I think if you want to see the film, there are so many um parts to this film it's you can't say this film that is it is perfect it is flawed but there are so many different uh, scenes in it that are so telling about the nature of identity and there's got a lot of of characters in it too so and they all get their time they all get celebrated and i think that's really like the mother is fantastically celebrated oh lenny kazan we haven't mentioned her she is the best jewish mum on the planet and her husband the filipino boxer yes he says, not Coroco. Coroco. He's not Rocky. He's Coroco. No, I, I don't think I've even got that right. But, but, <laughs> but what I love about that is they have movie, uh, the, 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 the dinner with him. So I think I saw you as a bantamweight. Yeah, that's says, right. And I beat him. Uh, he says, uh, you're Coroco. 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 <laughs> and, he's, uh, and, of course, Lenny <laughs> Kazan, being the, the good Jewish mother, has him, um, you know, she's on the phone and she says, Dust, dust quietly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's so, right. he's so, doing the vacuum it is, it is so Jewish. This is uh, a Jewish, you know, it's it's a wonderland of Jewish uh, stunt gags yeah, and characters. Jewish you know. slash English gentleman slash yes, um, Fili- Filipino bantam white box. Clash of cultures big yeah. time. And yeah. I think this is why everyone should see this movie because it's – it's about it's about uh, it's family family as well. Yeah, you know, it is family it, television, um, big time moviedom, um, and um, I, I guess power and power abuse as well. It's it's got everything in it, and yet uh, never won um, an Oscar. And I'm putting it out there. It is one of my favourite comedies of all time. Well, that's and that was put out. It came out at a time when they still gave Oscars to comedies. Mm. They don't do that too much anymore, do they? But anyway, putting that aside, uh, one thing I was going to say about the ridiculousness at the end, because things get out of control, and 
there's a few moments where it all gets all gets sort of reined in and tamed right at the very end. It's very sentimental and it works extremely well in terms of justifying and making all the madness plausible somehow. But in the process of the madness, there is our mute comedian who whispers into the ears of the secretary and says, gets her to say all these quippy, roasty things to everyone, which is really, really cool. Mm. He does stop in the control room and he just says to I, everyone in I the am, control room, I'm enjoying this so I much. am so happy. Yeah. And everyone <laughs> stops while, yeah. for that, that split second, because of, but because they're professionals. Back to it. Three, yeah, back to it. You know, two, yeah, two one, them. camera one. But what I like about it is I reckon that the people who wrote um, Sky High and Flying oh, yes. High, I reckon oh, they saw would have taken films a... like this mm. and looked at those moments, looked at Chaos. those where they can just go, okay, in the middle of the farce, mm. we're going to stop everything. We're just going to mm. slow everything stop down to everything absolute point. zero. We're going to focus on this one dude who's got this – this weird quirk who, who has never said anything. Never said anything. He's going to, suddenly he's going to come out with some, some pearl of, of nothingness. And, uh, <laughs> and then we're going to pick up the action again because that's literally, it just felt like that for the moment. Yeah. That well, he's, he's built they, on the, he's built on Neil Simon because Neil Simon used to write for those shows and Neil Simon couldn't, had a very small, you know, low voice and he used to whisper, into the next door neighbor's ear. What, okay. What, what he wanted to hear. So that's the thing about it. And all the actors there, if you look at the actors, they are all, you know, actors. Um, the, the fellow with the beautifully white teeth. Um, oh, is, yeah. Uh, uh, who is what, part of the writing staff. And, and and they're sort of glowing. I mean, this is Jimmy Page glowing white teeth. Um, is, is actually um, worked in, in movies and musicals for Metro Golden and others for 30, 40 years. Wow. So we're actually talking about wheels within wheels. Yeah. And that's what I love about this movie, that it works from the inside out. Oh, that's that all all these hit, people are there taking the, themselves off wonderfully well. Yeah. yeah, he gets hit by the newspaper. Yes. <laughs> that's a great – talk about old school vaudevillian. Yes. The, 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 the show's host, like the, <laughs> the, the guy who's the main – has know, mo- he has moments, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he's 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 bashing this guy on the arm, saying, you know, I've got this sorted. We've got to get this script out, or we've got to find this set. Let's get the set back on here. Who's not in charge of the set? And he's just slowly getting more angry, angry, and he's just beating this dude <laughs> with it with a with an ink. You know, it's perfect timing. The pace is increasing. And then suddenly, the newspaper swaps hands, and the other guy just goes bang and just he whacks on his him head. on the head. <laughs> He says, "This is not right," and he says, "And he says, and he immediately comes back as a professional as he is. You're quite right, but we've got to give a shout out to Selma Diamond. Oh. Selma Diamond, you want what? She's the one. Oh, she's yes. the one in the costume. The costume, in the costume lady. Now that that lady, I think she even worked for The Simpsons. You know, she she was oh, yeah, the one in, right. in the, I think if they used her as the voice for people, yeah, you know, she was making dinner. You know, you want oh, what? And my good. and and the favorite line is this: He goes, uh, Valence one goes into the ladies instead of the men's, and he says, "This is for ladies." I can't do the voice. This is for ladies. And he says, so is this mom. But every so often I have to run some water through it. And she looks down and there's this big smile and with a fag in her mouth. That's always she has this permanent fag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a fag cigarette uh, for those in America. Um, and um, yeah. and, it's, and it, they, have, uh, they have it all. It is 
slapstick. It, it is, is done oh, yeah. in the slapstick mode, uh, and yet it has some really serious points in it. And I love the movie for it. It is a great celebration of people trying to get by um, and working to a schedule. Mm. And I, I think that is a wonderful thing about this movie. And I suggest everyone should watch it before they die. Yeah, it is one of those films, for sure. It, it, you know, if you watch it with um, some of what we've spoken about in context about the about how movies were changing at the time, then I think you get a lot out of it. And without that, uh, putting all that aside too, uh, it's funny. It's just it's funny. It's and, just and it, funny. hey, Carl, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> As he's talking to a mobster, yeah. it's funny. We do funny. And like the monster, know, so... the, the mobster doesn't say anything. All he goes is. That's all he says. <laughs> well, and there's a beautiful scene where where he's interviewing him. And I think, <laughs> folks, if you ever want something which is beautifully done in the slapstick mode, the camera just stays in the middle of the room. It's beautifully balanced and things go out windows. <laughs> we, we could have done that scene, but it would be wasted on you because it is a visual delight. I think uh, it's done it in one is, shot. Is it done? It's one all done in one shot. Yeah. yeah it says, yeah. well, well, Carl, if, I mean, you know, this coat <laughs> were to go out this window and there's this beautiful, you know, you know, he, he pivots because the fellow's trying to, his, his manager's trying to Stop grab him. it. Yeah. He's got the mobsters, possibly $1,000, you know, mink back then. It's <laughs> where we're to go out the window and he doesn't put it through the, he, he falls it through the other window <laughs> yeah. and downstairs. You know, you hear the car crash. The car <laughs> screeching. Like, oh, it's oh, classic, classic. It, it is. It, there's classic. one thing. It's all visual um, puns. It is slapstick, uh, and yet very, very serious. Um, you know, Alan Swan. We do feel for him, it and, does uh, and we do feel for um, you know the uh, <laughs> our, our hero who can't get the girl. Oh, that's that's another you know, whole th thing. Th this is oh, the thing. Oh, my God. I mean, there are so many things uh. in this. There's cut-throughs and whatever. And I never get <laughs> – I never get um, – um, I watch this movie every maybe year just to reaffirm my, you know, the case that world is chaos, but there are good things you know, yeah, happening. Still, still and, I'll, and we'll finish this podcast, and I'll tell I'll tell the joke that the that the um our hero, who's the Marklin um character, he, oh, he's, he, of course, he plays the he plays um, Benji. He he tries to get his girl to sort of accept the idea that everyone can be funny, and she says he says he says every any anyone can be funny. Unless you've played the accordion, piano accordion professionally. <laughs> if you've ever done that, and, you and can she, never be funny. And he gets and he tries to teach the joke. Yeah, and, she, and, and you've got to watch up. this. And he says, Here's some money. What for? <laughs> accordion lessons. Accordion lessons. That's <laughs> great. It's great. So anyway, this is the joke yeah, that this he, is all Yes, tell the joke. This is the joke that he teaches her to say that she can't do and she stuffs it all up. All right. Um, guy goes to a psychiatrist and he's uh, got a duck on his head. And, but you've got to say, you got to stand up and say, this guy. Yeah. Sorry, no, continue. Yeah, you got to, you got to, you got to use your hands. you got to stand up. you got to, all, he's got all the advice. It's actually not pretty good, uh, decent good. stand up advice. Good, oh, absolutely. And uh, he says, this dude goes to a psychiatrist. He's got, a, and there's, he's got a duck on his head. And he goes, um, okay, wow. Uh, psychiatrist says, so what's the problem? And the duck says, uh, 
<laughs> I got this guy stuck to my ass. Or Would you get this guy off my ass? <laughs> get this guy off my ass. <laughs> funny. Uh, and, funny, and you've funny, got to man. watch it, folks, because you've got to watch what she does to it. How she hatches, hatches oh, it. Oh, she ruins it. She ruins it. Oh, it's fantastic. Anyway, and, she'll uh, be a great accordion player. I think that's absolutely, important. and she's got money for it. <laughs> but it, it has everything. It has uh, it has everything. It has, uh, and they're watching movies. And the thing is that when they're watching movies, our hero and and the girl, um, you know, they're, they're having um, uh, yamcha or whatever, yeah. and uh, and they're Dumplings. falling in love in front of the movie that Alan Swan is in. So it's wheels within wheels within wheels. It's uh, it's what I love about this movie. It's it's about um, the, the idea of a film being king and being um, it's so much part of the American makeup, and I love know? it that he invites her to that to that date, and in order to you know to sell himself because he's he hasn't impressed her yet. He's yet yet to fully break through the the wall that she has up. So he thought, well, if I'm going to do it, I just have to be me. And this is all the advice given to him by Alan Swan. He says, I'm going to do it my way. So to invite her out to the, this date, where it is essentially just uh, two stories up in the studio, <laughs> watching, eating takeaway Chinese food, watching Alan Swan movies, right? Mm. He, he, he writes her and leaves it on her desk, a ransom style letter. <laughs> he's cut out all the letters from the newspaper and the magazines. <laughs> he's put it there. He says, you know, I've been a bit of a dick lately, but you know, would you like to come out? <laughs> and it's all in a ransom. Yeah. ransom and and of course, Ellen Swan gives him advice saying, Oh, let her go. Cause it, <laughs> Gives her the illusion. Gives her the illusion that you're chasing her. <laughs> it is. It is just sublime. It is. It's uh, good. The, the writing just keeps on. It's a very educational movie, I think, in terms of human relationships. Uh, and 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 we haven't given a, the big enough shout, shout out to King Kaiser. King Kaiser is this big <laughs> dopey yeah. bloke, yeah. but he's so confident. And he's and he and uh, and but yet he's so insecure because he gets dressed up in the wrong. Yeah. Am I, am, I'm dressed up as a as a musketeer. I'm in the wrong. I'm in the wrong. <laughs> and, and 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 our, our hero in in the um, in the uh, in the uh, oh, she says always he thinks he's in the wrong <laughs> costume. <laughs> you know, and she's, and she's uh, ironing at the, the back because you can hear costume. the whole thing going. So it's a big uh, family. That's the thing about the, this uh, this thing. It's a big. I guess Jewish family, uh, and it's and it's mar marvelous. And I, I love Jewish movies. This is a Jewish movie with Alan Swan. Let it me is. put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A, it's it's Jewish with a big dose of of um, culture yeah. culture shock. Yeah, the big dose of culture shock. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, um, I hope you enjoyed that, folks. We we love this film. Uh, we just think that it's. We can't get a... enough of it over on the air. It's just too complicated. There's too many things. Wheels yeah, within wheels. And it's a and it holds a special place in the whole history of, of films. I think I really do feel that, especially in comedies. Definitely, I definitely Absolutely. feel that. So uh, we will do this again very soon. Um, thanks for the people who are listening. There was a bunch of people who caught up with the last one, which is great. And we'll um, we'll have a, we'll have a film for you next time. So. Bye-bye. Ta-ra.